Hi, and welcome to Parlor Talks at the Fulton Mansion. We're your humble hosts here at the mansion, Joseph Fox and Ashley Thornton. In today's episode, we will be getting into the first official American flag raised over Texas, right here in Aransas County. It's an interesting story that takes us back to the debate over Texas annexation in 1845, and also back to when Zachary Taylor was marching an army south to Mexico. So, on behalf of the Fulton Mansion and the Texas Historical Commission, welcome. Happy 4th of July from the Fulton Mansion. This year in 2022 marks the 246th anniversary of the signing of the United States of America's Declaration of Independence from Great Britain and a declaration to the world that all men are created equal. Back in 1776, Aransas County and the rest of Texas wasn't even on the mind of most Americans, as you can imagine. This region was a lot different than it is today. I won't be diving into Spanish Texas today, but would like to talk about a different event that happened on a July in Texas history right here in Aransas County. The year was 1845, and about 69 years after the signing of the Declaration, the first American flag was raised on Texas soil out here on San Jose Island. To clarify, this wasn't the first flag ever in Texas, but it was the first flag to officially be raised. Today, we'll be diving into the who, what, and when of this almost forgotten event in state history. Let's dig in. The debate in both Texas and America over annexation is a subject that deserves a lot more attention, but let me summarize it by saying for Texas, being a republic was never a choice. After a hard-fought revolution against Mexico, Texas sought annexation into the United States. For the Young Republic's first president, Sam Houston, the goal was always annexation. This was always the plan. However, this was rejected by the United States Congress in 1836 due to fears that admitting Texas would upset the balance between free and slave states. While Houston's faction desired to keep pushing for annexation, some Texians, like Houston's successor, President Mirabel Lamar, wanted independence, and even to stretch a Texas empire out to the Pacific. Obviously, this didn't happen. And the nine years of the Republic of Texas proved to be a turbulent fight for survival. Texas annexation became a central point of debate in the 1844 U.S. presidential election. And, with the victory of James K. Polk, the prospect for Texas joining the Union reversed course. On March 1, 1845, Whigs and Democrats in the U.S. Congress approved a treaty to annex Texas, which was sent by President Polk to the last president of Texas, Anson Jones. Jones is called the father of annexation, and that's not for nothing. He steered the annexation through the 9th Texian Congress, also getting a deal to get recognition from Mexico mediated through Great Britain. This gave Texas extra leverage in negotiating with the United States, saying, in essence, if you won't let us be a state, then we'll be hanging out with the British right on your frontier. The Texian Congress approved annexation on June 26th, and a convention was held in Austin that formally approved annexation to the United States on July 4th. This makes July 4th, 1845, not just an Independence Day for Texans, but also an Annexation Day as well. Sadly, Texas annexation put the United States on track for war with Mexico which still saw Texas as a province in rebellion. Plus, the Texian claim that the Rio Grande was its border to the south rather than the Nueces River further aggravated Mexicans as, in their view, it annexed
annexed to the northern region of the state of Tamaulipas, as well as a large chunk of its northern frontier. Thus, war between the United States and Mexico needed just a spark to ignite into a blaze. That spark came later, when General Zachary Taylor marched an American army down to the Rio Grande to enforce American claims to the southern border of Texas. However, before Taylor's army marched south, they stopped at the stretch of coast we call today Aransas County. Taylor and a small contingent of the 3rd Infantry sailed from New Orleans on a ship called the Alabama and arrived on San Jose Island on July 26th. A few of his men climbed up a sand dune, unfurled an American flag, and planted it for the first time officially on Texas soil. One of the best accounts of this landing in Rancis Bay comes from Captain W.S. Henry of the 3rd Infantry. Here's his account. Quote, It was the first glimpse of the promised land, the land of the Lone Star, no longer. We ran along the coast, about two miles distant, all the afternoon. It's white sand beach and rolling sand hills from 20 to 50 feet high. A live oak of immense size, through whose thickly interlaced leaves the sun's rays never pierce, has taken their place. We made Aransas Bay early on the morning of the 26th of July. Lieutenant C. landed at 9 o'clock and on top of one of the loftiest sand hills, erected a pole, from the top of which was unfurled the star-spangled banner. It floats over a rich acquisition. The most previous Uncle Sam has yet added to his crown. Quote, Long may it wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Unquote. The company I commanded had the honor of landing first. The vessel, drawing too much water, could not cross the bar. It therefore became necessary for us to land in small boats. Seventy-five yards distant from the shore, the men had to jump overboard into the roaring surf. They made a real frolic of it. Some old veteran camp women took to the element as if they were born in it, while others, more del delicately nerved, preferred a man's back and rode on shore. This island is a curiosity. In many respects, if you dig a well four feet deep anywhere, even on the seashore, you get fresh water. Unquote. Henry added into his account a report from General Taylor. Quote, the troops are temporarily established on St. Joseph's Island. I am writing the report of a boat expedition sent to Corpus Christi Bay before I determine on the site of an encampment. I hope to receive the necessary information in the course of the day when I shall immediately commence the removal of the 3rd Infantry to the point selected. The position will probably be Live Oak Point in Aransas Bay, some 10 miles from our present location. I am very anxious to establish myself at the mouth of the Nueces. By extreme shoalness of the water will, I fear, present an insuperable obstacle, unless we can procure lighters of much lighter drought than those we have at present. Unquote. So, to summarize, Taylor's real rendezvous point for his army was along Corpus Christi Bay, but in early August, his men camped out at the Live Oak Peninsula. According to local lore, Taylor's tent sat under a live oak tree that is still marked today, though there's no mention of a tree in his report. Taylor did, however, stop at the home of James and Tomasa Power at their home in what remained of Aranza City. This is marked today by a historical marker on State Highway 35 heading out to Lamar. In October, the people of Texas voted for annexation and the treaty was sent back to the United States and signed on December 29th. On February 19, 1846, President Anson Jones raised the American flag in a ceremony in Austin, declaring famously that, quote, the final act in this great drama is now performed. The Republic of Texas is no more, unquote. 
Hexes was on the 28th state in the Union. And that's it for today. Thank you for stopping by our parlor and have a happy 4th of July.